Welcome to the off-delay but never forgotten Frustrated Fans. Frustrated Fans, stealing your rose-colored glasses one franchise at a time. I'm Pete. I'm Jeremy, and I'm in a killing mood. No. Especially killing in 3D. <laughs> so as promised, we're going to go over into overtime here. A little past October here, but yeah. We're, uh, we're doing a cheesy, scary movie again. Yay! Oh. And this time, because Jeremy got to pick his, we're going to do one more from my pick later on. But Jeremy's pick was Friday the 13th Part 3. Jason In Strikes 3D. Back. 3D. <laughs> Please put Except your 3D glasses on now. It's an audio podcast. But I still want people to put their 3D glasses on. Are we talking like the terrible ones that you get in the modern I, theaters or the old red I, and blue ones? I thought they were all terrible. Ah, I, I like that. I like that. So yeah, this was filmed in 3D for no apparent reason other than to capitalize on the gimmick of the number three. Yep. <laughs> Just like Jaws 3D. Yep. This is the first Paramount Pictures to be filmed in 3D since Ulysses in 1954. What a what a movie to pick. <laughs> yeah. But, honestly, the 3D effects aren't overly terrible, but there are some definite moments like, yes, we get it. Yeah. There, there's plenty of moments of, ooh, something's coming at the camera. So, I mean, it falls into the lesser 3D, which just uses as a gimmick. We get it. But horror movies usually run on gimmicks anyway. I thought 3D was, has always been and always will be a gimmick. Yeah. So, uh, but before we get to the details of this movie, uh, how did you find the franchise? What's your history of it? For anyone who has never listened to us before. Yeah. Um, so the very first Friday the 13th movie I saw was Jason X. So it was all downhill from there. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, I saw that. Um, I remember seeing the trailer for that, and they essentially they spoil, you know, Uber Jason in the trailer, which is great because he only shows up for like the last ten minutes of the movie. But I then saw it on, t- like, it was on a TV at one point, like HBO or something, and I watched it. I was like, oh, this is actually kind of funny, and you know, the little jokes of like, what's his condition? He's screwed. And my favorite line of the movie, it's okay, everyone. He just wanted his machete back. Yes. Uh, and then year, and then I saw Freddy vs. Jason, and then years later I finally started watching, like, from the start. And the only ones I haven't seen are 6 through 9. I've seen all the others in the series. And, oh, I have not seen the remake. Yeah. From what I understand, we're not missing much. Mm. Similarly, I started with Jason X. And, yeah. Because I'm kind of dumb that way. <laughs> but it was on the co- college movie channel when I'm back in my dorms, and you know what? I decided, what the heck? Why not watch it? And I remember la- pretty laughing pretty hard at some of the better jokes. We are, we've are we already been over in our previous episodes. Yep. Now, to my shame, I really haven't watched much of this series. I've watched Freddy vs. Jason. I've watched the original. But that's about it. Honestly, uh, I've watched more of the 
Nightmare on Elm Street series because Freddy is fun. He really is. I've seen the first one, the very first yeah. uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and obviously, you know, some of the effects are a little corny now, but I think that kind of adds to the charm of the movie, and you know what? For the most part, it actually kind of holds up. Well, here's the thing. That original Nightmare on Elm Street, those effects hold up better than the CGI in the remake. Yeah. Yeah. I said it, nerds. Well, I think it's also... Does I do that a lot? Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I like a lot of the stuff in the original where they kind of knew when to go over the top. I mean, everyone always references, like, the fountaining blood out of the bed after Johnny Depp gets pulled down into it, but... That's the only time you see anything that crazy in the movie. Like, they saved that. As opposed to, like, right. a lot of other more modern movies, they're like, look, we just gotta overdo it every single time. Absolutely. Yeah. Subtlety. It's a lost art. Indeed. So, but it's certainly not lost on this movie. <laughs> no. No, they knew exactly where the subtlety was, and they ignored it. Absolutely. This movie, uh, let's see, this was only released a scant year and some months after the second one. <laughs> uh, look, if by my counting, yeah, year and four months. Wow. Well, suffice to say, this was rushed, as most horror sequels are. Mm-hmm. And uh, it definitely shows, because we literally begin right where the second one picks off. Stop, stopped, or even a little bit before, because we kind of see the end. We see the heroine from the last one play herself as Jason, Jason's mom to try and get him to stop, and hmm, he actually believes it, sort of. Yep. But her boyfriend has to rush in, ruining the, ruining the gag, and he dies, and she gets away, and blah, 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 blah. Yep, and she hits Jason in the shoulder. Uh, well, no, he doesn't die. She hits him in the shoulder with a machete, and then they, get, they both get you away. You never see her again. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think she's ever shown ever again. Bye, person I don't know. <laughs> it was, that was the end of the second... That was, like, the full end of the second movie. Um, but, as we all know, Jason doesn't die. Yeah. Mostly. No. So, the movie picks up with uh, Jason. He's severely injured, but he goes... Start stalking this uh, lakefront supply store, like basic supplies. This couple, uh, what do we call them? Harold and Harold and Maud. Yeah, they're really not even named. Oh, well, one of them is Harold, so that's why I was Harold, like, but we, if the wife isn't named, so we. Yeah, so I was like, if he's Harold, does that make her Maud? Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, I know her. She is named Edna, apparently, but eh. oh, she's Maud. Yeah. And then there's Maud. Yeah. It takes 17 minutes from the start of the film for these two to die. And it's just like, we know they're going to die, and they, the movie makers stretch this out. Yeah, it takes fact, far too long. Let me get to my main complaint in this movie. Pacing is a major problem. And I've seen other slasher flicks that handle this far better. Even the original handles this far better. Jason X handles this far better. Mm. And that's the gag one in the series. <laughs> this one is really bad about doing long stretches of people and drama we do not care about. Because let's put it, no one watches these movies to get to know the characters. No. 
Especially and because we know, like, honestly, we watch these movies to see the characters die in ridiculously gruesome ways. Oh, no, no one goes in a horror movie to root... I mean, yeah, you root for the heroes when the, the movie is played right. Mm-hmm. And then, when it's not, you start rooting for the bad guy because you want to see these people die. Yeah. Or in the case of Freddy versus Jason, you're rooting for everybody because it's just entertaining all around. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, it takes 17 minutes in film time for Jason to off the couple, and they're never they're never mentioned again. They're never seen again. The last we get to them is the police taking their bodies out of the store. Yep. Well, our sacri- cannon father... No, no, no. Sacrifices. No, no, no. What's the word? Um. Any ideas? Oh, for the main characters? Yeah. Um... Squishies? Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Our uh, victims. Soon to be blood fountains. Victims for the episode. They all drive out to Camp Crystal Lake because the main character, uh, Chris, so basically wants to get over her fears of Camp Crystal Lake where a long time ago she was stalked by a disfigured man who tried to hurt her. Yeah. I'm sure we'll never see him again. <laughs> yeah, we all know it's Jason. Yeah. And this is revealed in film. I'm skipping the the expository, expository dialogue. I don't think anyone cares. No. I, I Honestly, I didn't even remember the character's name until you said it. Right. We have Chris, and her boyfriend Rick meets them at the, at the cabin. Which we would like to point and out. Rick looks like he's in his 30s. Well, everyone else kind of looks closer to being teenagers. I mean, it's not a common thing for movies in general to have high schoolers play high schoolers. I mean, you have your exceptions. The Harry Potter series, for example. Or, you know, the recent It movie, which was actually pretty good, having kid actors who could actually act. Mm -hmm. So, bravo on that. But... More than most part, Hollywood likes to cast a, like twenty and thirty year old adults as high schoolers, not because you can't find good high school actors, but because you don't have to buy by child work laws. Yeah. With adults, I'm not going to knock him for it, but Rick is a pretty egregious <laughs> example of this. He does not look high school. No. Not by any means. <laughs> He is late 20s, or easily. Yeah. And, of course, as Jeremy is, I, we tend, when we try, when we uh, prep for this podcast, we like to talk over Skype and screen share and watch the movie together to make, com- just kind of go all Mystery Science Theater 3000 on this. And we did a lot for this. Oh, yeah, and it figures the one time we don't record it is the one time we get the best running gag. Oh, my God. <laughs> we... <laughs> We decided that uh, Jason's mother is, like, the stereotypical Jewish mother, and Jason now has a brother named Bernie, who is way more successful than him. (laughs) Oh, your brother Bernie would have already killed them by now, but, oh, you got one left, Jason. That's what always gives you trouble. Like, Mom, I don't want to hear about Bernie. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're nerds. Um... (laughs) Oh, God. <laughs> and we also had the running joke between us, because 
and we're not the first people to suggest this out there, I believe, mm -hmm. that either in hell or just off screen, there's all the other horror villains just like in <laughs> lawn chairs with a bag of popcorn, trading jokes and making bets on what's going to happen. <laughs> and grating on it. And, yeah. and, and Freddy's like, you know what I would do? And all the other ones like, yes, we know, Freddy, you'd haunt their dreams. I would. <laughs> oh, you know what someone needs to make? It's like an audio drama like style of from the Batman Yaman series that almost got him episode. Mm -hmm. Someone needs to make an almost uh, almost beat the hero and with a round table of these heroes. <laughs> almost got awesome. the survivor in the horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting way off topic, but I don't think we care. No. Um, <laughs> so we're introduced to our victims, and it's it's a bunch of kids, and they're off to the cabin to just have fun for the weekend, have get drunk, have sex, and yep. some adult stoners who are part of the group too. Okay. <laughs> They're like we couldn't we couldn't pay for Tommy Chong so we got his like non-union equivalent. <laughs> this is adult Shaggy. This I don't care adult. if Shaggy's in a is a cartoon character and is actually played really freaking well by Matthew Lillard. This is adult Shaggy. This <laughs> adult Shaggy. <laughs> Zoink Scoob. No, props oh. is where props would do. Matthew Lillard is an exceedingly good actor for playing the live-action Shaggy, as well as he's become that voice in all the cartoons since. Oh, wow. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> and he'll often go to entertain fans, or um, I believe I've seen him... There's I've seen him uh, do, like, phone... Like, he'll uh, call sick kids in as the character, and that's, like, in the hospital. That's, that's really good of him. Yeah. You know? So, getting back on point. Um, well, I remember our, my joke was that it's Adult Shaggy who sold Scooby to pay for more pot. Well, he had to pay someone to get takes a Scrappy, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, these kids end up on Crystal Lake, and yeah, Jason's going to stop. Them. Oh, God, I'm like you were going to say, these go. kids end up on Crystal Meth. <laughs> I don't see a mutual uh, disti distinction here. <laughs> I swear, it was this weird one, guy with a deformed face and a hockey mask trying to kill me. Sure. At one point, uh, two of the characters go into town and they meet a biker gang who looks something like exceedingly cliche out of the 90s. And this is in the 80s. <laughs> I mean, seriously, this would be like living Ninja Turtles ca cartoon characters. Mm hmm. Pre mutation beep up in Rock City, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> no, pre-mutation Bebop and Rocksteady had better personalities. They did. And, uh... One of the... They they get into a fight with these bank, this biker gang and knock over their bikes and then run over one of them. The bikes, not the gang. Yeah. So the gang's out for revenge! So, what is their great revenge scheme? Siphon gas out of their van and then use it to burn down the barn. Oh, yeah, they want to burn down the barn and house these people are in. I'm like, what? Okay, yeah, I can understand you're upset with them damaging your property, and you could just work this out with insurance companies if you were smart. But, no, no, you're going to go right for the murder option. Okay. 
But, of course, that's when Jason finally gets his first kills of the main group. Not even the main group, the auxiliary group. Jason kills the biker chick, the crazy biker dude. Yep. And, and we think he kills the uh, the third one, but as we find out later... No. He only knocked him out. Yep. Oh, Jason, you see what you did? You can't even kill a black man in a horror movie? <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, this, wow. th- this movie actually subverts two of the biggest horror tropes of all time. Uh, the it vir- does! The virgin doesn't survive, and the black guy doesn't die first. Yeah. it's it, I, I'm amazed. And this is Friday the 13th. You think they'd follow yeah. that? So, yeah. Um, so he kills the biker gang and leaves them, and then finally we get him start going after the main characters. Yep, and we get some... Uh, Jason has some pretty creative kills here. Yeah, we get uh, him shooting one of them straight through the eye with a uh, harpoon gun, so that was pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um, he, gets, we... he shoves adult Shaggy into a power box to electrocute him. <laughs> um, he, as one guy is walking on his hands, he chops him in the head and then crams him into the ceiling so that his blood drips down on the girl that he just had sex with, and then Jason stabs her through the chest, through her back. Uh-huh. And oh, in the two, the earlier couple, disposable couple, one of them got stabbed with a knitting needle? Yep, that was cool. And then oh. we get the best kill in the movie, which also takes advantage of the 3D, where he grabs a guy's head and squeezes it until one of his eyes pops out into the camera. And he crushes his skull. Yeah. Yep, that was cool. So, yeah, we're... So there is no boyfriend to back her up this time. We're down to our heroine. And, uh... Yeah, you know what? I gotta agree with Jason's mom. He always lets her get away. She runs away. She hides in his closet. You know, his brother Bernie would have done so much better. Or his friend Mike Myers, maybe. (laughs) His friend No. (laughs) Jason's always been a fan of Wayne's world. (laughs) You know what I meant. (laughs) <laughs> but no, uh, yeah. So Chris is, in the last 20 minutes of the movie, it, 20, 25 minutes of the movie, it's just him and Chris going back and forth. She runs away or she arms herself, she knocks him back, and he comes after her. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. And to be fair, like, she puts up a decent fight. Like, she stabs him in the hand, she stabs him in the leg... She manages to actually get her car running, but then goes, oh, it's out of gas. And then as soon as she uh, flips it over to the reserve gas, well, you know what? That rickety bridge had to break sometime. Right. It's probably break the same bridge from Evil Dead. No, that would make that would actually be cool. So, yeah. Uh, long story short, Chris goes back and forth, and... Uh, then she, and we also find out Jason's actually not the dumbest of, like, crazed killers, where she runs no. into the barn, she bars the door with a shovel, he pushes one of the doors opens a little, open a little bit, and gets his arm through and knocks the shovel out, and then properly bars the door so she can't leave. Yeah. Hmm. And, uh, Chris does get one of the better not-quite-kills on Jason. He man- she manages to stun him enough to wrap a rope around his head and kick him out the barn upper window door, whatever you call it. Second yep. floor 
awning, and yeah, he hang, she hangs him. Force that doesn't actually kill him. No. Apparently. She then hits it him in the head with a with an axe, and which is that also supposed to be his. <laughs> yeah, we find out later in the next movie that didn't kill him. No, of course not. So, the movie ends with Chris, who's exhausted. She pushes the canoe out onto the lake and falls asleep, which she may not be aware of series lore, but that's actually really intelligent of her to do. Because we all know Jason doesn't do water very well. No. It's arguably the one thing he's afraid of, because allegedly he died when he drowned when camp counselors were off having beer, beer, drugs, and premarital sex. We love premarital sex. There you go. Thank you. Taking the bait, I said up. <laughs> and Chris does wake up, wake up, in quotation marks here, as a nightmare of Jason seeing her from the house, running towards her from the house, and just when he disappears, the decomposing body of Pamela Voorhees, with her head reattached. It's like a Muppet from hell. <laughs> oh, I know. Grabs, emerges from the lakes, and pulls her in. But we find out it's a total fake-out, because in the morning, the police show up and escort the now arguably bonkers Chris <laughs> back to the nice hospital where she can wear a jacket. Wears a straight jacket for a while. Yeah. So... Jason's body still shown being lean, lean in the barn and the lake is at peace again. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's, sorry, I couldn't say that. There's Great still seven story. more sequels. <laughs> oh, is that all? <laughs> yeah, is it any surprise this got really negative views in the from the critics? <laughs> I think all of them no. have gotten negative reviews from critics. Yeah, but on a budget of two point three million, making back thirty six seven point million, that's pretty good. Yeah, and it's completely understandable why there's a good, there would be never several other sequels. More importantly, this is the first appearance of a hockey mask. Three movies in, and we finally get our iconic look for the character. Yep. Yeah, because in two, he wore a bag over his head, and only one of his with eyes was eye. visible. Yeah. You kind of made some pretty funny scenes during the uh, second movie's flashback at the very start. Mm-hmm. But. Jason, you wore the bag over your head. You see, I told you you should have had something better. It's called depth perception. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... Apparently, oh, guy play who was the guy playing the body for... Jason, the, several of the scenes required him not only to have the mask on, but a f- prosthetic head underneath it, which required six hours to get working. Eesh. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. Not exactly Kane Hodder. <laughs> oh, yeah. He did a pretty good job, though. I mean, yeah, the guy playing Jason, what's his name? Blah, 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 blah. Richard Brooker. Looking this up. Yeah, he did a fairly good job. I mean, we don't get a lot of the intense moments we would get with uh, Hotter years later. Yeah. Suffice to say, this movie cemented Jason... It's arguably this cemented Jason in the public consciousness because he would go on, like we said, to star in seven more movies. Yep. 
And Even if the fourth one is still called the final chapter. <laughs> well, to be f- to be completely fair, he's technically not in five. Wait, there was a there was a TV show. No, there I, was. Oh, there was. Uh huh. Canadian. Oh. So we should blame Canada. Mickey and Ryan, owners of Antique Core, Jack Mark Schenke. Mickey and Ryan owners of Antique Store, and their friend Jack. Marshak as they were trying to curse antiques. Huh. Huh. Argu- this was supposed to call the 13th hour, but they took the name the Friday the 13th just to draw in viewers. Oh. So it's the Mighty Ducks of horror movies? <laughs> just saying. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Wild Wing Voorhees. Oh my god. <laughs> so, what do you want to do next? I know we're going at overtime for uh, October here. Yep, um, we're doing... Oh yeah, it must be my movie. Yep. Now, if you've ever heard of the Attack of the Killer Tomato series, one, good for you. It's kind of... It, it's kind of a, the far, far reaches of pop culture. People know of it, but I don't think many people actually saw any of it. I know of it. I have, I but I had to track the movies down, and that was not easy. Yeah, I have definitely heard of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but I've never seen it. Yeah, there was a terrible cartoon that no one watched um, as well. And But we're actually not going to look at the first movie in the series, because I've seen it. It's fun. But the second one is better. Not only because it has a bigger budget, it is a movie that does not care about the fourth wall, has a young George Clooney, oh. and uh, it's actually damn hilarious. Hmm. So yeah, that's what we're going to do next. So, Jeremy, where can they find us? Well, people can find us online at frustratedpodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes under the Frustrated Fans, on Google Play Podcast, Frustrated Fans, and uh, check out our sister podcast, which is Recorder on the Wall, which will be, which already has four episodes up. And the, to be fair, that also has more listeners, so they'll probably be listening to this through that. So, Well, hopefully. Hopefully. So. All right, folks, we'll see you next time. We'll see you in November. See you, everyone.